Hello you crazy cats and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Tales from a Very Minor Celebrity and the second in a series looking back at some of the very famous singers and musicians I've had the pleasure of speaking to during my broadcasting career. Now last week I mentioned that you'd be hearing from Marie Osmond and she will be coming up but I didn't tell you that there would be a second guest as well because well to be honest I forgot. Anywho, it's only a telephone interview. Well, I say it's only a telephone interview, but it was a great pleasure to speak with the one and only Patty LaBelle. Yes, Lady Marmalade herself. Born Patricia Louise Holt in 1944, but of course best known as Patty LaBelle, she began her career in the early 1960s as the lead singer and frontwoman of the vocal group Patty LaBelle and the Bluebells. Following the group's name change to LaBelle in the 70s, they released the popular song Lady Marmalade, which was later inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. As a result, the group became the first African-American vocal group to land the cover of Rolling Stone magazine and the first pop group to play at the Metropolitan Opera House. LaBelle is referred to as the Godmother of Soul, and she's also a successful actor, and in 2015 she took part in the dance competition Dancing with the Stars at the age of 70. I talked to her in 2004 from her home in Philadelphia and she started by telling me about her new album Timeless Journey which as it turned out became one of her most commercially successful. I did this album uh, about three or four months ago but I did it differently. I did demos. I did 44 demos and I ended up having to choose 14 and 10 of the 14 I co-wrote for the first time in my life. Wow. And it's... uh, Patty LaBelle, Thomas Journey. Uh, as some people say when they see me, you look timeless, and I'm always on a journey. So that's what this album is. Just beautiful music. Uh, some done with Santana, Carlos Santana, Babyface, Sheila E., Bunny Sigler, and a, a few uh, unknown producers. Yeah. But they will be known after this. Just sounds like you're having a great time at the moment. I am. I'm having so much fun. And then for my coming to London and... Uh, doing my my European tour for the first time in 10 years. I am too happy. I can't wait. (laughs) It's going to be fantastic to see you over here as well. It's It's so beautiful whenever I come over there. The acceptance that you have for American artists is just too beautiful, and I can't wait. Well, we also appreciate good music and great singers, and, you know, you know you you encompass both. Well, thank you so much, and that's why I love coming there is because of the appreciation. I mean, you know good and you know bad. And you show it. And when you come over there and shine, honey, you just really made it. <laughs> yeah. And what's life like for you at the moment? Are you, are you in a position now you can just do what you feel like and, you know, have yeah. a great time? I, I can do it when I want to. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. And that's always. I'm always working. I love to work. I love the audience response. If they cry or if they smile or if they come in racist and feeling that they don't like black or white or gay or straight, when they leave the show, they're all under one big rainbow. Everybody's loving each other. And do you still get that buzz, you know, from performing live? I got it Saturday. I did Central Park. I did Gay Pride Day. Wow. And then I flew from there to go to Hampton Jazz Fest the same night. So I did two great shows in one day, and I felt so good. And everybody said, how can you do that? And they were like 90-minute shows or two-hour shows apiece. I just love it. It it makes me live to see my audience react. Where are you at the moment, Patty? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah. Is that where you live? Or? I live in Philadelphia. 
Wow. And uh, have you got a, a huge palatial mansion? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I have a nice home. I'm a blessed girl. I have a nice home. Yeah. And a few dogs and a few cars and a few motorcycles. And um, how do you relax? By cleaning after my housekeeper leaves, just finding <laughs> different things to do, arranging flowers. I'm a, I'm a neat freak, so I, yeah. I just continue to clean until I go to bed. And I'm, you know, deal with my dogs, just having fun. Yeah. And how do you prepare for a big tour? Are you are you quite fit? Oh, yes, I'm quite fit. I, I don't do many, many things to, to uh, prepare myself, but I do exercise because I'm a diabetic, so I have to do some exercise sure. every day and get my massages, my massages as much as possible. Wow. And then I go on with my five-inch pumps and do the damn thing. Really? Yeah, that's me. And um, you'll be over here very soon, as you said. I'm leaving today. You're leaving today? Uh-huh. Uh, so does it take you a long time to pack? No, my, my assistant packed a week ago, so I said, you have all the shoes here, about 150 pairs of shoes. <laughs> I'm going to get to probably wear three pairs. I said, but let's be sure we have all of them, because this is the first time playing over there in a long time, and I've got to be fierce. Wow. So I have to have a lot of cute clothes. <laughs> Has it taken a long time to prepare for this tour? I've been prepared for the last 20 years. Really? Yeah, I stay prepared for Europe. Yeah, in your head it was all done. and it, yeah, yeah, everything is done. I've been prepared. I just couldn't wait to get over there. And do you have a huge entourage with you? No, about, well, altogether about 30 people, and that's including the band and the crew. Wow. And just my hair and makeup and, and style. Yeah. And that's it. Well, Patty, I know we're, we're short of time. Um, yes. We've got this, uh, your album, Timeless Journey. Um, we want to play a track. Which one would you like us to play for you? Two Steps Away. Any particular reason? Because we're all two steps away from having a check, two steps away from having a home, uh, for not having a home. We're two steps away from disaster. Mm. We're all two steps away from falling in love, two steps away from falling out of love. We're just all two steps away from everything. And the way the world is today, we're all two steps away. And when you perform over here, will we hear all your hits plus all the new stuff as well? Yeah, I'm trying to work that out because I think people will want to hear some of my old, older things more so than the new stuff. Absolutely. Do you think? I, I think you're right. Okay, so that's what you're going to get. Fantastic. <laughs> a lot of old stuff. <laughs> Patty LaBelle, thank you very much for your time. Thank Have you a too, great darling. trip. It'd be great to see you over here. Okay. You take care. Let me see you. Make sure you meet me. I will. I'll buy you a drink. Oh, please. <laughs> Red wine. Thank you. You're on. Okay. Patty LaBelle, thank you. Bye-bye. Patty LaBelle. In a career that spans seven decades, she has sold more than 50 million records worldwide and has been inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame, the Hollywood Walk of Fame, the Black Music and Entertainment Walk of Fame and the Apollo Theatre Hall of Fame. If there's a Hall of Fame, you'll find her there. And she was inducted into the Rolling Stone magazine's list of 100 Greatest Singers. Now Marie Osmond, a member of the show business family, the Osmonds. Although she was never part of the family's singing group, she gained success as a country and pop music artist and her best-known song is a remake of the country pop ballad Paper Roses. And I bet you're humming it now. From 1976 to 1979, she and her brother Donny Osmond hosted the television variety show Donny and Marie. 
This interview, which I did in around 2009, is a great example of hitting it off straight away with your guest. She was an absolute delight and was obviously having a great time, as you will hear. I started by asking her if it's possible for children of a celebrity mum like her, and she does have eight, to have a normal upbringing. I don't know. I think that... um I try to give them a good work ethic. I think it's important to have that. Um, you know, they wonder why kids in their neighborhood don't have to mow the lawn, and they do. <laughs> uh, you know, I grew up working 15-hour days, and uh, I'd come home from work after you know doing Donnie Marie shows, and my mother would say, okay, it's time to make bread. And I'd say, you're kidding. <laughs> really? And, you know, I'd come home the next day, okay, it's time to learn how to bottle fruit or learn to sew or whatever it was. And, and I, I'm grateful for those things. I think those are the things that gave, gave me, um, you know, a good foundation. Kept you grounded. Yeah, I yeah. think so. So I try to do that with my children. So what is normal? I, who knows what normal is? Sure. Uh, I think as long as you can build self-esteem, that's the good thing. Yeah. And um, you come from a, a massive family. It's basically the state of Utah. Exactly. Uh-huh. Um, you know, when you all get together, it must be an absolutely fantastic occasion. We have a wonderful family, and uh, we love getting together. It's really uh, quite a nightmare. But <laughs> yeah, where do you get together? Uh, usually, we have to rent a facility, really? <laughs> <laughs> or or a national park. Yes, That'll work. Yes. <laughs> Because um, have you ever sat down and counted how many people there are in the family with all the children and grandchildren? Yeah, yeah there's 55 grandchildren and 22 great-grandchildren. Good grief. So it's so, quite, quite, a, quite a group. And what do you do about <laughs> birthdays and Christmas and that sort of thing? Well, you know, we don't. We don't do that. That would be too hard. But my mother did. Yeah. Uh, my mother and my father remembered every birthday, every anniversary. And uh, that's part of the word family. Um, and I think that's what... You know, I look at other people who started out young in this business. Like I said, I was three. Mm. Uh, I think the difference, because I think people think, oh, Marie Osmond, naive. Marie Osmond, goody, goody. Uh, I have to laugh and think that they're totally naive. (laughs) Because you cannot grow up in this business uh, and be naive. It's impossible. Uh, But I think because of my family, uh, because of the example my parents were, um, I learned to make choices. Uh, with all that, with all that was offered to me, and, and it pretty much everything was, uh, but I just I learned to see long term, and uh, you know my mother when I was young she said you can uh, grow old and be seventy five, and have awards around your neck, or you can have arms around your neck. Wow. It depends on where you place your priorities. Isn't that nice? Yeah. And um, any of your children following in your entertaining footsteps? Well, I definitely see they have abilities. Uh, whether they do it, that's up to them. My oldest boy uh, actually recorded an album uh, ready to go, and he said, you know what, Mom? I'm 19. I want to go on a mission. So he put everything on hold, and he uh, ended up going to uh, uh, Taiwan. He speaks Mandarin Chinese now. Wow. And he says, you know, I think I'm going to learn five more languages and go into international business. And I said, good move. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's following Jimmy. Jimmy's a bit of a businessman, isn't yes, he? Yes, he is a little mogul, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> Did I say mole? No, no. you said mogul, <laughs> but you could have been right the first uh, time. Yeah, He's actually here, I believe. I think he's doing he? a, a, a play right outside London. And uh, Donnie's coming over next week. He's doing, what is it, the castle? Yeah, he's always here. 
I know. He's he's obnoxious, isn't he? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not saying a word. He's your brother. I know. Yeah. He's wonderful. Listen, um, He's a pain, but you know I like him. No. <laughs> Listen, we're not here to talk about your brothers. We're here to talk about Oh, but I could dolls. tell you good stuff. All right, go on then. Please, let's hear all the dirt, all the gossip. No. no. Listen, we're here to talk about dolls. Aren't well, that's you? what I'm here yeah. for. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things we could talk about. I have other businesses, too. I have sewing machines and craft companies all and right. You're just fabric showing off things. Now. And, no, I, I just... This is what I love. This yeah. is my hobby. Right. But um, my dolls I've done for about 14 years now. And uh, a lot of people here in, in uh, the UK would buy dolls via Canada or US, internet, whatever it was. And I said, that's crazy. Uh, so we have just started to come over here. And, you know, it's a hobby. So I don't take the, the, the markup that people do. Yeah. I try to make it affordable oh, for people. Oh, come on. I, do, I don't. No? Uh, house payments, car payments, kid payments. I believe it's one of those sweet hobbies uh, that keep our girls girls. And so that's why I do it. You know, to take time away from my eight children, it really has to be something that I feel passion for yeah. or that I feel is, is of, of worth. It's like my charity work. Uh, you know, uh, Children's Miracle Network, I'm one of the founders of it. Uh, we've raised $2.6 billion for children in hospitals. That's worth my time. Yeah. You know, we help 17 million kids a year. Uh, doing things that... that uh, help mother-daughter relationships, those types of things. That's why I do my dolls. Uh, I, I'm so busy <laughs> that I really love to do things that I feel, you know, have long-term worth. You know, God has been incredibly good to me. And uh, that doesn't mean life hasn't been, you know, easy. Um, it's not easy for anybody. Uh, but I feel like at this point in my life, it's fun to take all of the myths and throw them away. It's, it's fun to just say, you know what, ladies, the magazines, they're all retouched. Nobody looks like that, <laughs> unless they're anorexic or bulimic. Right. And, you know, I love to just talk re reality. I, I know what it's like to be a single mother. I know what it's like to be a working mother. Yeah. Uh, I've been there. I've done those things. And, uh, you know, my whole life I was raised in a hotel, uh, locked away. And so now it's been I don't know, kind of therapeutic and, and real fun uh, to just talk to people and have fun. Marie, we must leave it there. Thank you very much for talking no, to I'm us. No, I'm not leaving. No, no. you're going to stay. <laughs> hey, I'll talk for three hours nonstop. You take care and uh, we'll hopefully speak again soon. All right. Hey, so much, so nice talking to and you. And you, mate. Take All care. Right. Bye bye. bye, -bye. The wonderful Marie Osmond. And that's it again for this week. Now next week, another singing legend, the late Robert Palmer, who I spoke to shortly before his untimely death in 2003, at the age of just 54. And as you will hear, we share a connection with the lovely island of Malta. I was interested to read that you actually grew up in Malta. Yeah. Which, uh, my mum's actually Maltese, so I've got a great affection for the country. So how did you actually end up going over there? Uh, my father was attached to the Navy. I went there when I was three months old, and I was there till I was uh, ten. I loved it. And I'm talking uh, the 50s. Yeah. So it wasn't a tourist attraction there at all then. It was, there was a, a marvellous formality about it since I was in the naval school and this there but everything was so uh, laissez faire you know <laughs> days on the beach and this, it, it was wonderful that's Robert Palmer and I'm sure we'll have another surprise guest on next week's Tales from a Very Minor Celebrity <laughs>